Section 27 of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elsie Selwyn. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 10, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Social Condition D. Pederasty, Part 2. As in Morocco, so the vice prevails throughout the old regencies of Algiers, Tunis, and Tripoli, and all the cities of the South Mediterranean seaboard, whilst it is unknown to the Nubians, the Berbers, and the wilder tribes dwelling inland. Proceeding eastward, we reach Egypt, that classical region of all abominations, which, marvelous to relate, flourished in closest contact with men leading the purest of lives, models of moderation and morality, of religion and virtue. Amongst the ancient Coplevis was part and portion of the ritual, and was represented by two male partridges alternatively copulating. Interpretations in Priapi Karm 17. The evil would have gained strength by the invasion of Cambyses, B.C. 524, whose armies, after the victory over Pisimenetes, settled in the Nile Valley and held it, despite sundry revolts, for some hundred and ninety years. During these six generations, the Iranians left their mark upon Lower Egypt, and especially, as the late Rogers Bay proved, upon the Fayum, the most ancient delta of the Nile. Nor would the evil be diminished by the Hellenes, who, under Alexander the Great, liberator and savior of Egypt, B.C. 332, extinguished the native dynasties, the love of the Macedonian for Bagoas the eunuch being a matter of history. From that time and under the rule of the Ptolemies, the morality gradually decayed. The canopic orgies extended into private life, and the debauchery of the men was equaled only by the depravity of the women. Neither Christianity nor Al-Islam could affect a change for the better, and social morality seems to have been at its worst during the past century when Sanini traveled, A.D. 1717. The French officer, who is thoroughly trustworthy, draws the darkest picture of the widely spread criminality, especially of the bestiality and the sodomy, chapters 15, which formed the, quote, delight of the Egyptians, end quote. During the Napoleonic conquest, Jobert, in his letter to General Bruy, page 19, says, Les arabes et les mamelouks ont traité quelques-uns de nos prisonniers comme sacrés traités, dit-on Alcibiade. Il fallait périr ou y passer. Old Anglo-Egyptians still chuckle over the tale of Saïd Pasha and Monsieur de Roussanayer the high-dried and highly respectable consul general for the Netherlands, who was solemnly advised to make the experiment active and passive before offering his opinion upon the subject. In the present age, extensive intercourse with Europeans has produced not a reformation, but a certain retinence amongst the upper classes. They are as vicious as ever, but they do not care for displaying their vices to the eyes of mocking strangers. Syria and Palestine, another ancient focus of abominations, borrowed from Egypt and exaggerated the worship of androgenic and hermaphrodite deities. Plutarch de Isidae notes that the old Nelotes held the moon to be of male-female sex, the men sacrificing to Luna and the women to Lunus. 
Isis also was a hermaphrodite, the idea being that Aether, or air, the lower heavens, was the menstruum of generative nature, and Damascus explained the tenant by the all-fruitful and prolific powers of the atmosphere, hence the fragment attributed to Orpheus, the song of Jupiter, air, all things from Jove descend, Jove was a male, Jove was a deathless bride, for men call air of twofold sex the Jove. Julius Permicus relates that, quote, the Assyrians and part of the Africans along the Mediterranean seaboard hold air to be the chief element and adore its fanciful figure, a magnata figura, consecrated under the name of Juno or the Virgin Venus. Their companies of priests cannot duly serve her unless they effeminate their faces, smooth their skins, and disgrace their masculine sex by feminine ornaments. You may see men in their very temples, amid general groans, enduring miserable dalliance, and becoming passives like women, viros moliebria pati, and they expose with boasting and ostentation the pollution of the impure and immodest body. End quote. Here we find the religious significance of eunuchry. It was practiced as a religious rite by the Timphanotribas, or Gallus, the castrated votary of Rhea or Bonamater in Phrygia called Sibylle, self-mutilated but not in memory of Aetes, and by a host of other creeds. Even Christianity, as sundry texts show, cannot altogether cast out the old possession. Here, too, we have an explanation of sotatic love in its second stage, when it became, like cannibalism, a matter of superstition. Assuming a nature-implanted tendency, we see that like human sacrifice, it was held to be the most acceptable offering to the god-goddess in the orgia or sacred ceremonies, a something set apart for peculiar worship. Hence in Rome, as in Egypt, the temples of Isis, Inachidos Limina Isaiacae Sacraria Lunae, was centers of sodomy, and the religious practice was adopted by the grand priestly castes from Mesopotamia to Mexico and Peru, we find the earliest written notices of the vice in the mythical destruction of the Pentapolis, Genesis 19, Sodom, Gomorrah, Amira, the cultivated country, Adama, Zeboim, and Zoar or Bela. The legend has been amply embroidered by the rabbis who made the Sodomites do everything à l'envers, e.g. if a man were wounded, he was fined for bloodshed and was compelled to feed the offender, and if one cut off the ear of a neighbor's ass, he was condemned to keep the animal till the ear grew again. The Jewish doctors declare the people to have been a race of sharpers with rogues for magistrates, and thus they justify the judgment which they read literally. But the traveler cannot accept it. I have carefully examined the lands at the north and at the south of that most beautiful lake, the so-called Dead Sea, whose tranquil loveliness, backed by the grand plateau of Moab, is an object of admiration to all save patients suffering from the strange disease, quote, holy land on the brain, end quote. But I found no traces of craters in a neighborhood, no signs of volcanism, no remains of meteoric stones, the asphalt which named the water is mineralized vegetable washed out of the limestones, and the sulfur and salt are brought down by the Jordan into a lake without issue. I must therefore look upon the history as a myth which may have served as a double purpose. The first would be to deter the Jew from the Malthusian practice of his pagan predecessors, upon whom obliquy was thus cast as far resembling the scandalous and absurd legend which explains the names of the children of Lot by Phini and Thamma as Moab, 
the water or semen of the father, and Amon as mother's son, that is, bastard. The fable would also account for the abnormal fissure containing the Lower Jordan and the Dead Sea, which the late Sir R. I. Murchison used wrong-headedly to call a, quote, volcano of depression, end quote. This geological feature that cuts off the river basin from its natural outlet, the Gulf of Eloth, Akbar, must date from myriads of years before they were, quote, cities of the plains, end quote. But the main object of the ancient lawgiver Osarsip, Moses, or the Mosadai, was doubtless to discountenance a perversion prejudicial to the increase of population, and he speaks with no uncertain voice. Whoso layeth with a beast shall surely be put to death, Exodus twenty-two nineteen. If a man lie with mankind as he lieth with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. Leviticus 20.13, where verses 15-16 through 16 threaten with death man and women who live with beasts. Again, there shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Deuteronomy 22.5 The old commentators on the Sodom myth are most unsatisfactory, e.g. Parkhurst S.V. Kadesh, quote, from hence, we may observe the peculiar propriety of this punishment of Sodom and the neighboring cities. By their Sodomitical impurities, they meant to acknowledge the heavens as the cause of fruitfulness independently upon and in opposition to Jehovah. Therefore, Jehovah, by raining upon them not genial showers, but brimstone from heaven, not only destroyed the inhabitants, but also changed all that country, which was before as the garden of God, into brimstone and salt that is not sown nor beareth, neither any grass groweth therein. End quote. It must be owned that to this Pentapolis was dealt very hard measure for religiously and diligently practicing a popular rite, which a host of cities, even in the present day, as Naples and Shiraz, to mention no others, affect for simple luxury and affect with impunity. The myth may probably reduce itself to very small proportions. A few fella villages destroyed by a storm, like that which drove Brennus from Delphi. The Hebrews entering Syria found it religionized by Assyria and Babylonia, whence Akkadian Ishtar had passed west and become Ashtoreth, Ashtaroth, or Ashira, the Anaitis of Armenia, the Phoenician Astarte, and the Greek Aphrodite, the great moon goddess who was queen of heaven and love. In another phase, she was Venus Milita, the procreatrix, in Chaldaic Maludata, and in Arabic Moawalida, she who bringeth forth. She was worshipped by men habited as women and vice versa, for which reason in the Torah, Deuteronomy 25, the sexes are forbidden to change dress. The male prostitutes were called Kadesh the Holy, the women being Kadesha, and doubtless gave themselves up to great excesses. Eusebius de Vita Constanti III, circa 55, describes a school of impurity at Aphek, where women and, quote, men who were not men, end quote, practiced all manner of abominations in honor of the demon, Venus. Here, the Phrygian symbolism of Cabellian Attis, Attis had become the Syrian Baal Tamas and Astarte and the Grecian Dionea and Adonis, the anthropomorphic forms of the two greater lights. The site Aphica, now Wadi al-Athik, on the route from Beirut to the Cedars is a glen of wild and wondrous beauty. 
fitting framework for the loves of goddess and demigod, and the ruins of the temple destroyed by Constantine contrast with nature's work, the glorious fountain, Splendidior Witro, which feeds the river Ibrahim, and still at times Adonis runs purple to the sea. The Phoenicians spread this androgenic worship over Greece. We find the consecrated servants and votaries of Corinthian Aphrodite called Herodauli Strabo 8, 6, who aided the 10,000 courtesans and gracing the Venus temple. From this excessive luxury arose the proverb popularized by Horace. One of the headquarters of the cult was Cyprus, whereas Servius relates, ad Aeneid, to 632, stood the simulacra of a bearded Aphrodite, with feminine body and costume, sceptered and mitred like a man. The sexes, when worshipping it, exchanged habits, and here their virginity was offered in sacrifice. Herodotus 1, circa 199, describes this defloration at Babylon, but sees only the shameful part of the custom, which was a mere consecration of a tribal rite. Everywhere girls before marriage belong either to the father or to the clan, and thus the maiden paid the debt due to the public before becoming private property as a wife. The same usage prevailed in ancient Armenia and parts of Ethiopia, and Herodotus tells us that a practice very much like the Babylonian, quote, is found also in certain parts of the island of Cyprus, end quote. It is noticed by Justin, 18, circa 5, and probably explains the, quote, sucketh benoth, End quote, or damsel's booths, which the Babylonians' bands planted to the cities of Samaria. The Jews seem very successful to have copied the abominations of their pagan neighbors, even in the matter of the dog. In the reign of wicked Rehoboam, B.C. 975, quote, there were also sodomites in the land, and they did according to all the abominations of the nations, which the Lord cast out before the children of Israel, end quote. 1 Kings 14.20 The scandal was abated by zealous King Asa, B.C. 958, whose grandmother was high priestess of Priapus, Pringpeps, and Sacris Priapi. He took away the Sodomites out of the land. 1 Kings 15.12 Yet the prophets were loud in their complaints, especially the so-called Isaiah, B.C. 760, quote, except the Lord of hosts had left to us a very small remnant, we should not have been a Sodom, end quote, 1-9, and strong measures were required from good King Josiah, B.C. 641, who, amongst other things, quote, break down the houses of the Sodomites that were by the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the grove, end quote. Second Kings 23-7, the bordels of boys, pueris alienis ad haesuerunt, appear to have been near the temple. Syria has not forgotten her old praxis. At Damascus, I found some noteworthy cases amongst the religious of the great Amawi Mosque. As for the Druses, we have Burkhardt's authority, Travels in Syria, etc., page 202, quote, unnatural propensities are very common amongst them, end quote, the Satatic Zone covers the whole of Asia Minor and Mesopotamia now occupied by the, quote, unspeakable Turk, end quote, a race of born pederasts. In the former region, we first notice a peculiarity of the feminine figure, the Mamai Inclinatae Yacentes et Panosai, which prevails over all this part of the belt, whilst the women to the north and south have, with local exceptions, the Mamai Stantes of the European Virgin, 
Those of Turkey, Persia, Afghanistan, and Kashmir lose all the fine curves of the bosom, sometimes even before the first child, and after it the hemispheres take the form of bags. This cannot result from climate only. The women of Maratha land, inhabiting a damper and hotter region than Kashmir, are noted for fine, firm breasts even after a parturition. The vice, of course, prevails more in the cities and towns of Asiatic Turkey than in the villages, yet even these are infected, while the nomad Turkomans contrast badly in this point with the gypsies, those Badawin of India. The Kurd population is of Iranian origin, which means that the evil is deeply rooted. I have noted in the nights that the great and glorious Saladin was a habitual pederast, the Armenians, as their national character is, will prostitute themselves for gain, but prefer women to boys. Georgia supplied Turkey with catamites, whilst Circassia sent concubines. In Mesopotamia, the barbarous invader has almost obliterated the ancient civilization, which is antedated only by the Nilotic. The mysteries of old Babylon nowhere survive save in certain obscure tribes like the Mandayans, the devil worshippers in the Ali Illahi. Entering Persia, we find the reserve of Armenia, and despite Herodotus, I believe that Iran borrowed her pathologic love from the peoples of the Tigris-Euphrates Valley and not from the then insignificant Greeks. But whatever may be its origin, the corruption is now bred in the bone. It begins in boyhood, and many Persians account for it by paternal severity. Youths arrive at puberty, find none of the facilities with which Europe supplies fornication, Onanism is, to a certain extent, discouraged by circumcision, and meddling with the father's slave girls and concubines would be risking cruel punishment if not death. Hence they use each other by turns, a puerile practice known as alish takish, the Latin facere wicibus, or mutum facere. Temperament, media, and atavism recommend the custom to the general, and after marrying and beginning heirs, paterfamilias return to the Ganymede. Hence, all the odes of Hafiz are addressed to youths, as proved by such Arabic exclamations as Afakala equals Allah Asin the masculine. The object is often fanciful, but it would be held coarse and immodest to address an imaginary girl. An illustration of the penchant is told at Shiraz concerning a certain Mujahid, the head of the Shia creed, corresponding with a prince archbishop. In Europe, a friend once said to him, quote, There is a question I would fain address to your eminence, but I lack the daring to do so, end quote. Quote, Ask and fear not, end quote, replied the divine. Quote, it is this, O Mujahid, figure thee in a garden of roses and hyacinths, with the evening breeze waving the cypress heads, a fair youth of twenty sitting by thy side, and the assurance of perfect privacy. What prithee thee would be the result? End quote. The holy man bowed the chin of doubt upon the collar of meditation, and too honest to lie, presently whispered, quote, Allah defend me from such temptation of Satan, end quote. Yet even in Persia, men have not been wanting who have done their utmost to uproot the vice. In the same Shiraz, they speak of a father who, finding his son in flagrant delecte, put him to death like Brutus or Link of Galway. Such isolated cases, however, can affect nothing. Chardin tells us that houses of male prostitution were common in Persia, whilst those of women were unknown. The same is the case in the present day, and the boys are prepared with extreme care by diet, baths, depilation, unguents, and a host of artists and cosmetics. 
La Vis is looked upon at most as a peccadillo, and its mention crops up in every jest book. When the Ishfahan man mocked Shak Saadi by comparing the bald pates of Shirazi and elders to the bottom of a lota, a brass cup with a wide neck opening used in the hammam, the witty poet turned its aperture upwards and thereto likened the well-abused podex of an Ishfahani youth. Another favorite piece of Shirazian chaff is to declare that when an Ishafan father would set up his son in business, he provides him with a pound of rice, meaning that he can sell the result as compost for the kitchen garden, and with the price buy another meal, hence the saying, chak i pai kahun, the soil at the lettuce root. The Ishfahanis retort with the name of a station or halting place between the two cities where, under presence of making travelers stow away their riding gear, many a Shirazi had been raped. Hence, quote, Zin o takultu tu bibar, end quote, carry within saddle and saddlecloth. A favorite Persian punishment for strangers caught in the harem or genaikium is to strip and throw them and expose them to the embraces of the grooms and negro slaves. I once asked a Shirazi how penetration was possible if the patient resisted with all the force of the sphincter muscle. He smiled and said, quote, Ah, we Persians know a trick to get over that. We apply a sharpened tent peg to the crupper bone, os kokiagus, and knock till he opens, end quote. A well-known missionary to the East during the last generation was subjected to this gross insult by one of the Persian prince governors, whom he had infuriated by his conversion mania. In his memoirs, he alludes to it by mentioning his dishonored person, but English readers cannot comprehend the full significance of the confession. About the same time, Shak Nasser, governor of Bushir, a man famed for facetious blackguardism, used to invite European youngsters serving in the Bombay Marine and ply them with liquor till they were insensible. Next morning, the middies mostly complained that the champagne had caused a curious irritation and soreness in La Parse Posse. The same Eastern Scrogian would ask his guests if they had ever seen a man cannon, a dummy top, and on their replying to the negative, a gray-bearded slave was dragged in, blaspheming and struggling with all his strength. He was presently placed in all fours and firmly held by the extremities. His bag trousers were let down and a dozen peppercorns were inserted on suo. The target was a sheet of paper held at a reasonable distance. The match was applied by a pinch of cyan to the nostrils. The sneeze started the grape shoot, and a number of hits on the butt decided the bets. We can hardly wonder at the loose conduct of Persian women perpetually mortified by marital pederasty. During the unhappy campaign of 1856 to 1857, in which, with the exception of a few brilliant skirmishes, we gained no glory, Sir James Outram in the Bombay army showing how badly they could work, there was a formal outburst of the harems, and even women of princely birth could not be kept out of the officers' quarters. The cities of Afghanistan and Sindh are thoroughly saturated with Persian vice, and the people sing, Kadrikus Abuan Danad, Kadrikun Ra Kabuli. The worth of Konyat, the Afghan knows, Kabul prefers, the other chose. The Afghans are commercial travelers on a large scale, and each caravan is accompanied by a number of boys and lads, almost in woman's attire with cold eyes and robed cheeks, long tresses and hennad, fingers and toes, riding luxuriously in kajawas or camel panniers, they are called kuchi'i, 
safari, or traveling wives, and the husbands trudged patiently by their sides. In Afghanistan, also, a frantic debauchery broke out amongst the women when they found incubi who were not pederists, and the scandal was not the most insignificant cause of the general rising at Kabul, November 1841, and the slaughter of Macnaghten, Bernice, and other British officers. Resuming our way eastward, we find the Sikhs and the Muslims of the Punjab, much addicted to Levice, although the Himalayan tribes to the north and those lying south, the Rajaputs and the Marathas, ignore it. The same may be said of the Kashmirinians, who add another kappa to the Tria, Kakista, Kapadoclans, Cretans, and Kalistians. The proverb says, Agar kathe imardum uftad as in sijins kam geri, eki afghan dovum sindi, siyum bajinzi kashmiri. Though of men there be famine yet, shun these three afghan sindi and rascally kashmiri. M. Louis Deville describes the infamies of Lahore and Lucknow, where he found men dressed as women with flowing locks under crowns of flowers, imitating the feminine walk and gestures, voice and fashion of speech, and ogling their admirers with all the coquetry of bayanderes. Victor Jacquemont's Journal des Voyages describes the pederasty of Ranjit Singh, the Lion of the Punjab, and his pathic Gulab Singh, whom the English inflicted upon Kashmir as ruler by way of paying for his treason. Yet the Hindus, I repeat, hold pederasty in abhorrence, and are as much scandalized by being called Gandamara, anus-beater, or Gandu, anus or as Englishmen would be. During the years 1843 to 1844, my regiment, almost all Hindu sepoys of the Bombay Presidency, was stationed at a purgatory called Bandar Gahara, a sandy flat with a scatter of verdigris green milk bush some 40 miles north of Karachi, the headquarters. The dirty heap of mud and mat hovels, which represented the adjacent native village, could not supply a single woman, yet only one case of pederasty came to light, and that after a tragical fashion some years afterward. A young Brahmin had connection with a soldier comrade of low caste, and this had continued till, in an unhappy hour, the pariah patient ventured to become the agent. The latter, an Arab, al-Fail, the doer, is not an object of contempt, like al-Maful, the dun, and the high caste sepoy, stung by remorse and revenge, loaded his musket and deliberately shot his paramour. He was hanged by court-martial at Hyderabad, and, when his last wishes were asked, he begged in vain to be suspended by the feet, the idea being that his soul, polluted by exiting below the waist, would be doomed to endless transmigrations through the lowest forms of life. Beyond India, I have stated, the Sotatic zone begins to broaden out, embracing all China, Turkestan, and Japan. The Chinese, as far as we know them in the great cities, are omnivorous in omnifutentes. They are the chosen people of debauchery, and their systemic bestiality with ducks, goats, and other animals is equaled only by their pederasty. Kaimfer and Orlaf Turi, Voyage in Chine, notice the public houses for boys and youths in China and Japan. Mirabu, Le Anadrina, describes the tribadism of their women in hammocks. When Pekin was plundered, the harems contained a number of balls a little larger than the old musket bullet. 
made of thin silver with a loose pellet of brass inside something like a grelet. These articles were placed by the woman between the labia, and an up-and-down movement on the bed gave a pleasant titillation when nothing better was to be procured. They have every artifice of luxury, aphrodisiacs, erotic perfumes, and singular applications. Such are the pills which, dissolved in water and applied to the gland's penis, cause it to throb and swell. So, according to Emerigio Vespucci, American women could artificially increase the size of their husband's parts. The Chinese bracelet of Kautachauk, studded with points, now takes the place of the Harrison, or Annalus Haristus, which was bound between the glands and prepus of the penis succidinus, that imitation of the arbor vitae or sorter cosmu, which the Latins called phallus in fasciniam, the French godemiche, and the Italians passatempo and diletto, whence our dildo, every kind abounds, varying from a stuffed French letter to a cone of ribbed horn, which look like an instrument of torture. For the use of men, they have the merkin, a heart-shaped article of thin skin stuffed with cotton and slit with an artificial vagina, two tapes at the top and one below lash it to the back of a chair. The erotic literature of the Chinese and Japanese is highly developed, and their illustrations are often facetious as well as obscene. All are familiar with that of the strong man who, by a blow with his enormous phallus, shivers a copper pot. And the ludicrous contrast of the high-membered whites who land in the Isle of Women and presently escape from it wrinkled and shriveled, true domine de litles. Of Turkestan we know little, but what we know confirms my statement. Mr. Schuller, in his Turkestan 1, 132, offers an illustration of a bakta, Persian bakshashe, katamite, quote, or singing boy surrounded by his admirers, end quote. Of the Tartars, Master Purchase laconically says, 5.419, quote, they are addicted to sodomy or buggery, end quote. The learned Kaoist, Dr. Thomas Sanchez the Spaniard, had, says Mirabu and Kadsheksh, to decide a difficult question concerning the sinfulness of a peculiar erotic perversion, the Jesuits brought home from Manila a tailed man whose movable prolongation of the os cocagus measured from seven to ten inches. He had placed himself between two women and joined one naturally while the other used his tail as a penis succedaneus. The verdict was incomplete sodomy and simple fornication. For the islands north of Japan, the sodomitical sea and the nail of time thrust through the prepuce to prevent sodomy. See... Libris two, chapter four of Master Thomas Cowdish's Circumnavigation and Volume six of Pinkerton's Geography translated by Walkenayer. End of section twenty seven.